Hello, welcome. It is the Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast. It is, this is episode number 94, and it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's going on? Not much. We're still, uh, we're getting past the hump here of summer and uh, excited to be doing the podcast this week. We're doing it on a Sunday. It's actually Saturday, but you know, it's close enough. Uh, it feels like a Sunday. It, by the time it goes live, it'll probably be Sunday. It feels like a Sunday, so I just gained a day. Thanks, Brian. Look, look at you. You're very welcome. Sent awesome. you back in time. That's right. So thank you guys so much for listening. You can check out all of our information, skibumpodcast.com. Check us out on the socials, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. We are on Pinterest as the Highfalutins, and you can also find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash highfalutin hyphen skibum. All right, but first, before we start doing anything... It's time for Opray Today. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, time for a delicious, yummy drink after a nice, long day and week. You earned it. Earned it. What so, you got? Uh, I got a cherry mojito. I, uh, I was sitting around today. I was like, you know, that's nice and refreshing. I've had them before and uh, decided to make my own. Very easy to make, basically a mojito, but you get fresh cherries. It's cherry season. You muddle those in there with the uh, with your mojito. I'm guessing you take the good. old pits out first, right? That's that's the hardest part. You gotta you gotta depit it. So we're not using like those ghetto fluorescent red toxic no. waste maraschino cherries, right? No, you gotta use fresh cherries. I actually, um, your cousin, I went to her house one time. She actually got a cherry pitter. Whoa. <laughs> And you put the cherries in, they, you, pit them one at, you, you pull out the pits one at a time. That is one of the most unnecessary kitchen devices ever. It was totally ridiculous. And I was like, well, good purchase. Yeah, right. Well, that one day, I'm sure it came in perfectly handy. It did, it did. Right. How about you? What do you got going on? All right, so I am abstaining from the booze for the day, not because I'm on some sort of religious holy mission or anything. I just, uh, I had Are you a bit. A religious holy mission? No. <laughs> I'm starting a cult and we're trying to not drink alcohol on Saturdays. Um, no, I'm, uh, I just, it's been a kind of interesting day. I had a inoculation yesterday and it has kind of kicked my ass today. So I, uh, I needed a little bit of, of inoculation. Buzz. Well, it is for a whooping cough and tetanus and some other thing as well. Cause with wow. our new little guy in the way, we got to make sure we're not getting him sick. So yeah. I had to get that inoculation and it kicked my ass today and I felt like I had the flu. So I had to soldier on and fight and I decided to go with coffee to get me through this podcast because I want to do a great job on the podcast as well as watch the UFC tonight. So I am drinking a delicious Busker Dew Coffee cold brew. Uh, they are a local coffee chain in my, uh, my new area where I moved to and they make some dynamite coffee. They're based out of Asbury Park, New Jersey. Uh, that's where they do all their roasting too. So if you go to their, they have about four or five stores. If you go to their their actual coffee shops, they have their uh, their freshly roasted beans, and they do an awesome job. So delicious nice. Busker Dew cold brew. I think I had uh, that coffee last time I stayed over your place. It was uh, really good stuff. Yeah, that's my uh, that's the house coffee. We're keeping that's fancy house here. Coffee. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it has good a, a nice good coffee flavor. Mm-hmm. None of that uh, fancy, like, you know, oh, this has notes of, uh, you know, citrus or anything. I don't like that. I like regular coffee-flavored coffee. Yeah, it's like a bit of like a chocolatey flavor, you know? 
Yeah, Natural. get all good and mm-hmm. yummy, yummy. Cool. So while we're uh, at Apre, um, what one of the things I got in actually the entire uh, Rob Vice's box that we got this uh, this month for July was a 20 year anniversary bottle of Clase Azul Tequila Reposado. Uh, beautiful bottle. I'll put it on Instagram. Um, really nice bottle. Haven't opened it yet. I think we're going to save that for uh, maybe next week. Uh, we're together. I'm going to break this bad boy out because I know Brian really likes Reposado as well. It's a so, work of art, that bottle. It's beautiful. It's one of those things like, you know, I was reading online. They were saying, um, so this is a special, special thing for the company, but they also partnered with Rob Vices. So to get one of these bottles, they made 7,500 available to the public plus anybody that uh, is in the Rob Vices box because they did a deal with them. I guess the mm-hmm. owners know each other. Um, they are known for their Ultra Añejo, which goes for about $300 per glass. Um, and this tw- 20th anniversary edition is um, made from Highland Blue Weber Agave, uh, underwent maturation in sherry cast from the south of Spain. Um, and ultimately, they have it's, it's saying it has great roasted agave flavors with the spirit of caramel and spice. So they say it's a stunning tequila with a taste profile rich and delicious. So, I am definitely in. I'm a big tequila guy, so... I'm looking forward to this one. Now you are not a tequila guy, not a tequila guy, but I think I've had Reposado before and it's, it's good. You know, you sip it and you just have it like a normal, you know, human. Uh, (laughs) Well, I think a lot of people have are turned off to tequila because they had bad experiences when they were younger, you know, shotgunning. Yeah. Like Cuervo or, you know, Sousa that, you know, piss will you get on spring break. Something out of a plastic bottle. Uh huh. Montezuma's revenge, I think is one of the, uh, shitty, Plastic bottle vodkas. Yeah, Something pretty much. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but when you start getting into these, you know, upper end, I mean, I had rum, uh, a 20 year old rum uh, a few weeks ago. And it's the same idea. Once you start getting into that sipping aged like stuff, it's it's like a, a different level. So huge difference. Yeah. It's so much. It mellows out so much when they put it in the uh, the oak barrels to age. It just just mellows it out and gives it a great distinct flavor. Yeah. Now, so this is, uh, it looks pretty good. And then looking online, I was like, you know, so the Rob Vice's box is about, I think it's about 80 or 85 a month. And I was looking at this bottle online. I was like, you know, that bottle probably retail is probably close to 70 or 80 bucks. So I'm like, you're actually losing money if you don't get, and you don't, you don't have the ability to get it if you don't get the Rob Vice's. Just saying. Look at that. Just saying it's, it's paying for itself. <laughs> yeah. The Rob Vice's, everyone has been so cool, you know, in its own special way. Yeah, they're kind of cool. I like it. Um, get a lot of good stuff off of that. So that was a nice little apre uh, interest. Yeah, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll try it out on one of the upcoming episodes and give you guys our tasting notes. Oh, we sure will. That's what we do. Head into the Gandula. Ah. You know what our next stop is? The Gandula. The Gandula. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. So, and Frank's Bean of the Week. Yes, Frank's Bean of the Week. So thank you, Frank, for sending it in. And this week, it is Gorilla Glue number one. And uh, Frank actually sent us a humorous little story regarding this, uh, that his buddy, who was a grower out out west, had his 
Gorilla Glue number one confiscated oh. by those blue-shirted bastards TSA. at the airport. Yeah. So, Some unfortunately, he could not partake. But uh, if you are on the West Coast and you live where, where grown-ups rule and the uh, the laws are a little more favorable and make more sense, you could partake in this delicious Gorilla Glue, which just hit the market in the summer of 2016. It is potent and flavorful sister strain of Gorilla Glue number four, who took the fast lane to fame in recent years after snagging several Cannabis Cup awards. The wow. indica-dominant phenotype has a more piney aroma than her sister, though they were bred from the same parent genetics, Chem Sisters Sourdub and Chocolate Diesel. Chocolate Diesel? Yeah, they said this, um, this particular strain, the Gorilla Glue number one, is great for treating pain and sleeplessness. So for me, I who I just- Gorilla Glue, is it the same? What's that? <laughs> gorilla Glue at home. I have Gorilla fix Tape your, also. Fix your tire? Gorilla Tape is awesome. I'm sure this <laughs> is just as awesome. <laughs> yeah. So for someone who just got that freaking inoculation and whose arm is swollen and who can't sleep because of it, this would be the perfect strain to help me uh, re resolve my issues. It would have, could have. Yep. Unfortunately, we have a uh, big eating governor that doesn't believe in free weed, in legal weed. Hey, hey, hey. Well, for a few more months. That's right. It's almost over. He's all, he's all about the uh, hot dog eating contest. That's right. He is the king, the king of the wieners. King of the wieners. Wiener king. That boy stuffs a lot of wieners in his mouth. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Don't make the obvious joke. Oh, I always do. Come on, man. Like, can't let you know it go, better. man. I can't, can't let a sleeping dog lie. Believe me, you can. <laughs> All right, so what's our first story from the gondola? It's a good one. All right, so first story we got is uh, there's a new study that finds marijuana users are happier and more successful in life. So um, hear that, Governor Christie? Happier and more, yeah. They so have they a higher approval rating than you do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and they're making more money on the uh, on the taxes. How about Cash that? Cash money, exactly. Boom. So they're saying the study shatters the stereotype that potheads are lazy. Um, they actually came out and they, um, have evidence showing that they're actually more satisfied, successful, and even more likely to volunteer in their communities, um, than their non-smoking counterparts. I love that. So they, uh, research discovered that weed consumers make significantly more money than those who abstain. Um, and they did this study in California. So they're saying they're earning about on an average of about $24,000 more per year. And now I wonder... Sorry to interject, but I wonder if they uh, they actually got a bunch of like celebrities to kind of skew the numbers. So, you know, I'm sure like all these yeah. celebrities, like movie stars and like, you know, Joe Rogan types, they, they include them in there. So the salaries are obviously like way blown out of proportion. And obviously they're happier with their lives because they're freaking masters of their own destiny and not stuck commuting, going to a shitty cubicle that they hate. Well, it could be too. I mean, if they ran this... Uh, um you know, out of university, they're also saying one of the stats they had is uh, the more money per year could be related to the fact that 20% of California pot smokers hold a master's degree, while only 12% of the non-smokers in the state can say the same. That's such a crazy stat. Like, I wonder how many, did, did you see in there, like how many people they were in this, uh, this case study? No, they just came out with the percentages and I didn't see the, uh, the actual 
uh, sample size that they the used. company that did it bds analytics they are the leader in cannabis inte business intelligence and market share tracking that's such an awesome hmm. company like we say oh yeah i do like you know market research and stats it's all about weed though it's like oh that's so much cooler yeah, they don't give the sample size here. They just say like percentage. They're saying like, you know, 54% of abstainers, but it's like out of how many, you know? Yeah, I'm looking at their uh, their statistics and they said, yeah, cannabis consumers make more money. Uh, the average in California that consumes makes 93,800 compared to, because they had three categories, consumers, acceptors, and rejectors. And they said that, 93,000 is the average annual income for consumers, 72,000 for acceptors, and 75,900 for rejectors. Hmm. Hmm. So really, if you accept it and don't use it, you're kind of screwing yourself over. Yeah, exactly. Those are the people who sh should be doing it more. Wow, this is a great stat too. So they, uh, they mentioned Colorado in this one. 64% of Colorado consumers are employed full-time compared to 51% of acceptors and 54% of rejectors. So it's really the acceptors huh. who are like, eh, weed's okay, but I don't take it. Those are the ones that are getting screwed in all these studies. Yeah. I still want to find out how many, uh, how many people they include in this study. Because if it's like 20, then it's like, <laughs> all right, you came up with some crazy stats on 20 people. Yeah, right. Cannabis consumers are more likely to have children than not. 64% of California consumers are parents compared to 60% for acceptors and 55% for rejectors. It's like the, uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies, Harold and Kumar's uh, Christmas Vacation or Christmas Story, whatever it is. They, uh, you know, Harold's talking about he's trying to have a baby with his wife and they're like, uh, yeah, I stopped smoking weeks. I thought it would lower my sperm count. And Kumar's like, yeah, tell that to Snoop's kids. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop's kids. Awesome. <laughs> Love that. That's fucking great. Cannabis consumers are more active and more social. Among Colorado consumers, 50% exercise at least once a week. 36% agree they are very social people compared to 21% of acceptors and 28% of rejectors. Wow. Those rejectors are still in there. Yeah, I, I wonder too, like when and why did all this, uh, these stereotypes come out that pot smokers are, are lazy? I mean, it's gotta be propaganda, right? Like you gotta think it's like a whole like war on drugs and you know, kind of like, you know, put that in movies on my TV to kind of get people to, to not want to do it. Yeah. It, that's just what it is. It's a stereotype, you know, you think I mean, Jeff think Sessions, you see a movie, Cheech and Chong, the movie, and those, they're just kind of hanging out stoned all the time, not doing much, you know, but how happy did they look? I've never seen happy, happier but... people in my life. Yeah. They made that huge giant bong. You know, they, they decorated their van. They did a lot of stuff. They were busy. That's true. You know, they weren't on the high end of earning, though, I don't think. Right? Yeah, they don't say anywhere what the uh, sample is. It's kind of like, you know, how the, um, the smoking industry had their own research study group. It's kind of like, I don't, I don't know if it's like that, but the fact that they do mainly cannabis research, I don't know what the deal is going on. They may be trying to, like, skew the numbers in, the, in their favor kind of thing because like, you know you can take stats and you know whatever your agenda or your plan is you can kind of tweak and adjust them to to validate your arguments a lot of the time exactly as we've seen with elections that's very apparent big news sad not real yeah numbers are all 
they're all bullshit. You look at the even when they come out with the the official, you know, big studies for like elections and and other stuff, it's just like you see that um, anywhere I've seen anywhere from like five to ten percent um, degree of uh, what do they call it? Um, error. Yeah, degree of error. Mm-hmm. So if you do that on both sides, now you're talking about like a 20% swing. It changes like, everything, yeah, the entire study. How do you say you're ahead by 5% or 3%? Like, you don't know, you know? It's basically yeah. dead even, so. It's, it's interesting bullshit. when they make those calls. They're like, well, we're going to skew it and we're going to spin it this way. It's like, well, it's not really what the numbers are saying. Yeah, right. But I think it's an interesting study nonetheless. I like it. I believe it too. I'm on board. Now, you can go to the website too if you are interested in you can purchase the study results. I think that's what they're uh, what Ooh. they're selling. So you, you know you can check out a bunch of the the highlights, but if you scroll on their website, go to the bottom of the page, you can purchase the full report. It's Ooh. called the State of Legal Marijuana Markets, and there's also an executive report. Ooh. Sounds very fancy. And how much is that? If you have to ask, you can't afford it. Oh, I'm sure it's not that much. It's probably like thirty bucks. Eh, probably like a hundred or so, I'd guess. Let's see. Could probably get in the library for free or something. Yeah, the weed library. Goes to the library anymore, right? Where's the weed library? Yeah, I'm. I'm looking for the weed annex. Yeah, I think you have to fill out a form in order to get the. Oh, there's the free executive summary. Oh. Um, if and you have to, you're like, oh, am I a? Uh, are you an industry? Are you a dispensary? Are you a grower? Blah blah blah. Oh, oh wow, five hundred and ninety-seven bucks for the full report. God damn! You buy a lot that, of, yo. You can buy a lot of weed for five hundred ninety-seven bucks. That's great, BDS <laughs> analytics. Right? You know, you're fucking up my weed spending. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of money. But yeah, I guess if you're in the industry and you need this information, it's some pretty good stuff. Yeah, mm. definitely. It's a two hundred plus page report. Some serious. And then they on. have at the bottom, like we were talking, all the clickbait that they have at the bottom. Yeah, I don't see any. No, because you got the blocker, right? You got the blocker. Damn. Block Tabula. Tabula is the devil. That's the worst company ever. But you don't want to see the twenty-nine dirty photos you can't unsee. Oh God. Where the husband like, divorced his wife after looking closer at this photo. I honestly believe Tabula was started by like some sort of descendant of Hitler. It has to be. There's no way it can't be. <laughs> How about it's CNN refuses to show this Hillary video? Click here to watch. Oh God. And I'm sure you're gonna get like five ads. I'm just, I'm mad thinking Crazy. about it. I'm like sweating, getting mad. <laughs> getting enraged, right? Getting enraged. Uh, that's yeah. But I gotta, I gotta take a little spliff, I think, and calm down. See? Speaking of someone who needs to You would be calm, happier and with less rage. You just ruined my freaking uh, intro. All right. Someone else who needs to really calm down. President Rodrigo Duterte from the Philippines. This dude has called for the introduction of the death penalty in Philippines for drug possession damn yes he is an absolute lunatic and he was uh speaking at his state of the nation address he called on congress to act on all pending legislation to reimpose the death penalty for heinous crimes in quotes heinous crimes and he includes possession of dangerous drugs which includes cannabis wow but how much do they say 10 grams of cannabis resin or 500 grams of herbal, herbal cannabis. 500 grams is... God, I can't do that math, man. <laughs> 500 grams. Well, a soul weighs 21 grams, right? 
Isn't that the movie? Two grams to pounds. That's a pound, yeah. A little over a pound. Yeah. One point one pound. That's a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> but should you be what are they should you be killed for it though? That seems no, crazy. That's true. They allow what here is uh usually like one or two ounces. Something like that. So that's uh wow. Yeah, all of New England now has officially decriminalized cannabis too. Yeah, they're getting ready in uh is it January uh, 2018? Massachusetts and Maine. I think Massachusetts is trying to move it to July because they're a bunch of scumbag politicians are trying to get their buddies in there to make sure they're making all the money off these new dispensaries. They're back talking. Yep. Yeah. Oh, of course. Such a scumbag state. There's dude, a, a thing going. dude Tom, Tom Brady's trying to open a weed store, dude. He needs six more months. <laughs> dude, Tom Brady and Big Poppy, they're opening their own weed store. Dude, hand to God, kid. Hand to God. Big poppy. It's going to be wicked smart to do that. (laughs) Dude, right next to Fenway, dude. They're opening a weed store. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a wicked pisser. (laughs) Wicked pisser. Uh, All the people from New England are fucking hating us right now. Oh, no. We love... Hey, man. Let's do our skiing, though. We love our New England buddies. We're just jealous that they're going to get it before, before Jersey or any state that we're in. Yeah, talking about something that's not even on the well, wasn't even a topic, but there was a thing in I think the New York. Oh no, it was a Google search results on Friday. If you Googled "owner of the New York Jets," a picture of Tom Brady showed up. Uh, <laughs> it was nice. in like the I think the New York Post reported or something. Yeah, I guess there was some sort of like I don't know if it was a joke or some sort of uh, really fucking around with it. Yeah, some sort of like algorithm uh, glitch at Google, and it actually <laughs> showed Tom Brady's picture. Womp, womp. Yeah, that's funny. Wow, we really went off topic there. Oh, yeah, so the Philippines. So the president of the Philippines is calling for the death of anyone who has one pound of weed on them. Damn. Also included shoot him in the street, or do they actually have a trial? No, just shoot him right there. just wants to shoot him in the right there, right? Now, this is proof that the Philippines really needs to get Manny Pacquiao as their president. That's right. Pac-Man. Pac-Man, because I don't think he would uh, be following through with that because the amount of drugs, I'm sure he's pumped through his system in the, uh, the last couple of years. Right, I'd like it to would, see him fuck somebody up in uh, in Congress. There, just like just great, right? Just Pass my bill. Whooping ass, wholesale whooping ass. Yeah. So he got all religious now. He's he's not the same Manny Pacquiao he used to be. Well, when you're running for uh, when you're becoming a politician, you gotta you know kind of do what you gotta do to get your your base to vote for you. And I guess that's what he realized he had to do. They're very religious yeah. people in the Philippines. You kind of find God when you're running for office, right? You got to, right? Except for Trump. Except for Trump. That's right. He found Satan again. <laughs> I, think he's always, I think Satan's been with his, his boy for a long time. Hey, who's his father? <laughs> Just saying. Oof. Mr. Satan. I don't know. Satan? <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> here, so to be eligible for the death penalty, a person must be in possession of drugs above a threshold, 10 grams of cannabis resin, opium, morphine, heroin, cocaine, MDMA, methamphetamine, or 500 grams of herbal cannabis. What's MDMA? Is that mass destruction? <laughs> what the fuck is MDMA? I think, you, I think your brain creates it naturally. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, it's ecstasy, pretty much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm so thinking of DMT. DMT is what your brain creates. Ex- oh, okay. It's ecstasy or molly. I've heard of molly. That's the same thing, yeah. MBMA. We're such good little straight edge boys. We don't know about this kind of stuff. We'd like to, but we don't. 
<laughs> Seriously, I will keister that stuff. Like, bring it on. <laughs> That's how we party. You don't have to put everything up in a keister. You don't have to keister it. Listen, that's like, walk right in. dude, that's, that's easy pass to getting high. That's why I like it. I don't want to wait uh, an hour. I want to just, I want to get it, get the party rolling. Get it rolling, right? Get it rolling. So all the other shit I could understand, but herbal cannabis should not be in there. It's, it's madness. It's Weed nice cannabis seeing. resin shouldn't be in there. Opium. Yeah. yeah, that's bad shit. Morphine, highly addictive, heroin, cocaine. I agree with all that, except for the yeah. cannabis. Yeah, they had the right idea, but then they just didn't maybe read the what's in there. It was too long of a list. It went more than five items, so they just stopped reading. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'll sign it." Yeah, and uh, yeah. So today, in March, members of the House of Representatives voted in favor of the bill, but they're awaiting the Senate's approval. So, hmm. yeah. So uh, don't be uh, bringing any weed to you to the Philippines. And you know what? You can't ski there. So why the fuck would we ever go there? <laughs> it's goddamn hot over there, right? Yeah, they're a weird country. I, had a, I have a couple of buddies who are Filipino, and uh, they've got a really funky culture because they've been conquered by, you know, I guess the Spanish conquered Spanish. them. Yeah, so they, they have settled them, it, right? Yeah, so they're very, like, Catholic. I, it's, like, Catholic, but also, like, Asian, yeah. and their family dynamics are very strange, too. It's very uh, matriarchal. So a lot of times mm. the, the mother goes out and works, and the father just kind of stays out, stays home, and kind of hangs out. What yeah, you that's, that's chilling. It's a very blanket stereotype, but yeah, I think that their culture is more that way. I know when uh, Andrea, when she lived in Singapore, I said a lot of the the maids were Filipino because they would come over there, live there, and send money back to the family back in the Philippines. And the dudes would just hang out at home, just waiting for the money. It's getting fat, eating spam because they're. I think the Philippines <laughs> is one of the biggest consumers of spam. Is it? All those Polynesian. No, Hawaii's pretty bad. Hawaii's big. Polynesians. Yeah. Uh, I think the Philippines is considered a Polynesian nation. Um, yeah, because it spam is the most uh, close to human flesh of any of the meats. And a lot of them were cannibals mm. back in the day. Delicious. Right? right who, who eats the most spam by state? That's just the states, though. It's definitely yeah. going to be Hawaii for some reason. Uh, let's see. Hormel. Yeah, something about here we go. I'm looking up right now. Philippines uh, during World War II and the occupations which followed, spam was introduced into Guam, Hawaii, Okinawa, the Philippines, and other islands in the Pacific. Immediately absorbed into native diets, it has become a unique part of the history and effects of the U.S. influence in the Pacific. Dude, they're saying Hawaiians eat seven million cans total per year, which is about four five cans per person per year. Four for cans. Hawaii, only four cans. Five cans per year. Oh, five cans, okay. Per person per year. They're saying seven million cans total. Remember, we uh we went for a, a bike ride a couple of weeks ago, and there was a like Hawaiian food truck that was there, and one of the oh, yeah. specialties was those spam tacos, and they were sold out. Like, yeah, it was, that's wild, right? It was barely lunchtime, and they were already sold out. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so in the Philippines, so... it's a popular item and as a cultural symbol, and they said. They sell 1.25 million kilos a year in the Philippines. So that's like, damn. What's that? Like three million pounds of spam. That's a lot. Of... And they still doesn't beat Hawaii, but it's a shit ton. It's true. Uh, during the rescue efforts after Typhoon Ondoy in 2009, Hormel Foods donated over 30,000 pounds of spam to the Filipino National Red Cross. Wow, that is awesome. So yeah, so spam is totally pretty, legal. 
And I think they have pretty good longevity in those countries, right? So maybe spam's helping with the longevity of people's health. I don't think so. I think the Philippines have a lot of overweight <laughs> bastards just, there. I have no what idea. Is, what does spam do to your organs, man? It's got to just gum it up. It's just pork and a bunch of byproducts. I think it's a little bit of pork and a lot of byproducts. It's like eating hot dogs all the time. That's not bad for you. Well, do you know what spam stands for? <laughs> no. What's, what's Specially processed American meat. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now we got more fodder for some more jokes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Specially processed American meat. Uh, popular beliefs are that the name is an abbreviation of spiced ham or spare meat or shoulders of pork and ham. Another popular explanation is that spam is an acronym standing for specially processed American meat. And Hormel doesn't have an official uh, thing on that, do they? They say that only a small circle of former Hormel food executives know what it really stands for. <laughs> it's like a secret. They're like, if anybody finds out, it's going to be messed up. We can't tell anybody. <laughs> Shit, piss, ass, munchiness. Spam. (laughs) Spam. Mm -mm. Spam. Spam. You got to say it like that. Spam. Wow. All right. All right. While we're still in the gondola, we're still (laughs) almost up to the top. We've still got room for another uh, another little blurb story. So Colorado police are going to start training dogs to ignore marijuana when sniffing for drugs. Hmm. So what happened is this... Wonderful little police dog, Rocco, uh, pointed somebody out that on a stop, and the cop said, okay, there's drugs in the car. we got to search the car. Well, Rocco reacted to he, – he can't you know, differentiate between the type of drugs he's, he's smelling for. He's just like he was taught what at the time when he was trained, everything illegal, which included cannabis. Now, they found cannabis in the car. It's a legal uh, item. In Colorado, so they basically are, you know, uh, it went through this whole ruling of, it's it's like a an illegal search uh, of the of the car because, you know, the dog was triggered by a legal substance, so they really didn't have any any cause to search his car, so that actually spurred, you know, the idea that they're actually going to look to start training dogs to just not even react for for marijuana so i don't know how they do that if they if they give the dogs marijuana so it's not bad for them i, I don't know i don't know what they do but yeah i guess you know it's obviously the easiest thing to go after because it is so potent smelling you know like it's it's very easy to train i'm sure it's very easy to train a dog to have them smell that but if yeah. you're something like coke or fentanyl or meth or heroin i'm sure it's a lot more complicated because it doesn't have like a distinct odor yeah, it's just an interesting concept because now you have to go back. So you make it legal today and all the um, drug dogs were trained years ago. So you can't go back and undo their training. So they're still going to, you know, you know, they when they were trained, they were trained that that's one of the things that they show those signs of, you know, oh, I found something, you know. So it's like uh, you got to get a new like crew of dogs, you know, an, another generation of dogs in the training. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, right. You know, I always wonder when you go to the airport and, you know, you're standing in the TSA line, they bring the dog through. I've heard they just sniff for bombs, well, but I'm always a little, that's probably it, right? I'm sure in, you know, Colorado or Washington, they have dogs that are probably looking for other things, but I've heard they're only sniffing for bombs in like the TSA line. Yeah. I mean, I've seen shows where they have, um, 
I, I watch sometimes the little kid shows where they, they show like the wonder dogs and stuff. So they have like the ones that do the rescue and the ones that do the bombs and they're specifically trained for like, they can't, they won't react to drugs. They'll react to bomb stuff. Like that's right. how specific they're trained. The so, resin or whatever it is that, that yeah, that's in the bomb. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I guess they, they really tune into to those things and, and in their training, they have to be taught that, Oh, that's what you react to, you know? So, it's like they have the dogs that do the um, bed bugs, the bed bug dogs. Yeah, true. They're usually they're like basset hounds, aren't they? Yeah. There's like specific kinds of dogs that are better at certain tasks. Right. And they're trained specifically for that. So, you know, you could bring a, uh, a, a, a drug dog to smell, you know, bombs and shit's going to blow up because they're not going to find the bombs. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like the freaking pot dog. It's like, man, like, I was oh, smelling shit. so much weed. I forgot to do my job <laughs> for bombs. You're like, oh, <laughs> shit, I brought the wrong dog. <laughs> yeah, I, wonder if it, I wonder if the dogs get high sniffing it, you know, if, they're, if they were sniffing for pot. I don't Probably know. Like, if, you got a, if you got a dog addicted to Coke, I think they would find Coke all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just like tweaking dog. trying to find it, yeah. Yeah, like, I need some. Yeah, how do they teach the dog to smell Coke? You must give them the Coke, right? Well, they have to let them smell it, so I don't know what they do. I don't know if they give it to them or... It's a bunch of friggin' or... coked-up German shepherds. I want no part of that. <laughs> no. Are they all junk? Like, coke and meth they give to them? I'm sure the Nazis did that, because they used to give the pilots, like, methamphetamines and coke. So I'm sure yeah. the dogs, too, they gave them as well. That's crazy, man. Can you imagine right? a meth, a methed-up fucking attack German shepherd? That's terrifying. Oh, I want no part of that. <laughs> dogs are terrifying, man. Like, attack <laughs> dogs? Yeah, right. It's scary. Also, my, my buddy Gary, uh, he said he worked at a uh, – he, he used to drive a truck. And um, for, for a while, he used to work at a lumberyard and drive a truck for them. So he came in early, and he used to come in early. And what they used to do is sometimes the guy that locked up the guard dogs didn't show up on time, and he had to get out early. So he'd actually time it to run to the truck before the dogs would, like, come out of the back and, like, oh, chase God. them. Like, dude, if you trip, you were gonna, he's like, yeah, it was the stupidest thing I ever did. But he would run to the truck. Um, the second stupidest thing he ever did, don't you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's done and a like, lot of stupid things. Going but... off that cl- Well, no, I can think of two stupid things he did. Doing the uh, I can think crack. of many stupid things, yeah. Accidentally doing crack when he thought he was buying <laughs> weed and going off that cliff trying to impress the ladies. Yeah, that, that he's still dealing with today. That's fucked up. He's got to go for bionics. He's made a lot of bad decisions. Hey, but he's living life, man. That's true. You know what, though? What are we besides our stories? That's all That's we right. have. You know, And he's got some good ones. Bad decisions and great stories. Shout out to Gary. Shout out to Gary. G-Money. Yep. Let's go to ski news. Oh, it's time for the ski news. Indeed. It may be the end of July, but there is still a lot of awesome ski news going on in the world. First up, Vail Resorts pledges zero emission footprint by 2030. What? announced this past week that they're going to be zero net emissions, zero waste to landfill, and zero net operating impact to forests and habitat by the year 2030. Wow, that's this, crazy, man. That's dynamic, right? That's, uh, it sets an important precedent regarding how ski resorts, both large and small, will be expected to operate moving forward. So they're following the lead of Whistler Blackcomb, who's been kind of monitoring the effects of reducing energy and waste, because, you know, Whistler's having that issue where their glacier is sort of melting, yeah. which is kind of a problem when you're a ski resort and you kind of need snow and ice. So it's kind um, of your industry, right? <laughs> it's, it's kind of the most important thing ever. 
So what they're doing is they're investing $25 million towards energy saving projects such as low energy snowmaking equipment, green building design and construction, as well as more efficient grooming practices, which will help guide Vale's bigger picture objective. They'll be diverting waste sent to landfills uh, to be mainly influenced by improved recycling and composting programs at individual resorts, as well as a collaboration with local vendors to reduce packaging and source more sustainable materials from their goods. So what yeah, they do for the more efficient grooming. They could just like plow, like just do the main things and leave everything. Leave a lot more on group, wrong. man. You know, I guess yeah. Vale too. Well, I mean, Vale's got a lot of like fancy, fancy people coming there, so they probably want to you know, focus on certain parts that they have to, because I'm sure a lot of these people just want to be on groomers. So yeah, I, I, would, say just, I would say just yeah, do less grooming. Leave more just of it. Just do the uh, main ones, with, do on the main groomers. groomers and that's it. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, like a little mad river. Yeah, right. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see if they can pull this off. And it's always interesting too, when they give themselves these long-term targets, because you know, the people who are in charge right now of Vale, they're going to be long gone by the time twenty nine or twenty twenty nine comes around. And they have to get all this stuff implemented. They're like, "Yeah, I'm already retired." Yeah, and uh, I won't have all to. The do parachutes this. came out. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, it, it is something that you know, as skiers, we all have to be aware of. And you know, climate change does seem to be real, and things are getting warmer, unfortunately. So anything that you know, any little part that we can do, if it actually helps, you know, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, why not? I don't. I don't see the, like, I'm really big on like not wasting stuff. Like, efficiency, you know, why yeah. I believe, you know, efficiency. It's like, you know, why, why do you have like all this like wasteful product that like you could really, if you look at, like you go to Europe, like I'll use German example. I went to, uh, um, you go to like a carnival there or like even Oktoberfest, they give you actual, so actual flatware, actual plate. Like there's none of this paper product crap that goes into landfill. Like, and you do a deposit and you bring it back and it's everything works fine you know it's all reusable like why wouldn't you do that normally you know yeah right it's funny reading the comments below the article they're like solar powered snowcats baby well the only problem is that snowcats usually operate at night yeah well if the battery technology catches up right maybe tesla is working on a snowcat ah i think we talked about that a long time ago right they should just do like they're launching the Model 3 this weekend. You know, maybe they've got a, uh, they're working on the trucks allegedly. So perhaps they're working on a, you know, a model Tesla snowcat. powered snowcat. How <laughs> cool would that be? The Model Cat. Dude. Model C. Yeah. Model right? C. Yeah, uh, they came out with the three, uh, would they deliver like 20, 20 of them? 30 this of them. Yeah, this, this last of. night actually, Friday night, they, they, uh, they released them. And, you know, I've read a couple reviews. Apparently they are living up to the hype and then some. They're nice. supposed to be awesome. You know, it's funny. It sounds great, but I'm like, that's a goddamn drop in the bucket from the, what is it? 5,000 a year they got to, or was, I don't even know how much they got to produce. It's like some crazy amount. I think they're gunning for 500,000 worldwide. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all, you know, it's a start. You know, they, it's funny how people are t calling Tesla like a Ponzi scheme and how Elon Musk is an idiot. And they're like, oh, he's doing is building these toys for the rich. I'm like, did you read what he wrote 15 years ago? He said, first, we're going to build the Roadster. Then we're going to build the, you know, the more expensive sedan. And then we're going to build the car for the people. Like this was yep. his business plan the whole time. Yep. 
people love to just trash people and like try to take them down because they're lazy dish, dipshits sitting on their computer, not accomplishing anything. Probably not even smoking weed. If they were smoking weed, they'd be happier and not bitching on the uh, internet. Yeah, it's just the whole way things ramp up. I mean, you even look at somebody like Amazon. Amazon was like, on paper, you'd look like they're just losing money, losing money, losing money. And then it's like, they got to a point where they're like, okay, now we're just making a shit ton of money in anything they do. You know, it's just, it gets that critical mass. That was one of my favorite memes this year, the uh, the Jeff Bezos one, where they were showing him in you know, 1997. And it's like, Amazon, we sell books. And it's like this picture of him looking all dorky and stuff in his sweater and thin. And then it says like 2017, Jeff Bezos, he's like in like a vest and he's like looking jacked. And it's like, I sell whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> That's true. I you love it. it all, man. Dude, I buy stuff from Amazon every week. Like today, I'm I bought, actually I buying more stuff off of Amazon. I bought a ladder. I bought motor oil. I bought like a laundry detergent today. Damn. I don't want to go to the like store. You pay... The thing is, you drove past the goddamn auto store, uh, Home Depot. <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. I, you saw last time you were here. I bought that six pack of bread from Amazon. A six pack <laughs> of this funny, like fitness bread. It's called. It's so easy. It does get out of hand. It's like I was just at the store, but fuck it, I don't want to go back. I'm gonna just buy it online. It's so easy. Uh, it's so ridiculously easy. I love it. They got to find a better way to recycle like all the uh, the shipping products because. I'm in an apartment and there's like a ton of just boxes, just Amazon, Fresh Direct, everything just piled up. And I'm like, it's sad that they take that and like grind it up again and then remulch it. Like if you could just take the box as it is and just take the tape off and say, okay, bring it to some company and they'll reuse it as is. That'd be kind of cool. Coffins out of it. Now just reuse it as a box. It's shipping stuff, you know? It's true. Yeah. A lot of times I get a brand new box from Amazon. I'm like, this is a pristine box. I'm like, it's such a shame. Somebody could reship something in it, you know, like. Yeah, rebox it. Yeah. That could be a whole, that could be a whole business. That, that, that would be great for recycling. I mean, you're just, you're not even repurposing. You're just multi-purposing one, one box until it yeah. falls apart. Just keep using it, you know. It's true. Get up a box share program. Exactly. That could, that's, it's almost like the Uber for boxes. Oh, Uber box. <laughs> Uber box. Boober. Right Uber box. Uber box. <laughs> I like Boober. Boober's good. Boober. Boober. Boober for boxes. <laughs> All right. We got off the uh, topic of uh... <laughs> holy crap. Saving the environment. I know what we're talking about. Uh, the Boober. zero emission footprint from Vale. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, well, next up, uh, are you done with that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> way done <laughs> so next up silver 10 everybody's coming out with all these big passes and you know you got the epic pass and the um what's the other big one the uh oh my god i'm drawing a blank why am i forgetting there's the epic and there's the, the summer's melting my brain uh the mountain collective that's another one so they have all these passes so silverton came out and they're coming out with an unguided season pass and they're saying, you know, Snowbrains is reporting, is this the ultimate ski bums multi-mountain pass? So it's pretty cool because there's, you know, if anybody uh, doesn't know about Silverton or or hasn't been there, um, Silverton has one lift. It's very secluded. Um, my ski club went when we were in Telluride. It was like a 45-minute trip up. And you basically take the lift up and then you do a bunch of hiking uh, to get to the top. And then you ski down or board down. And you get fresh tracks. Like it's really like they get a lot of snow and you get fresh tracks. Uh, and it's usually a guided thing. But they're saying what they're going to offer now is an unguided season pass. Um, 
so they're saying for 149 bucks you can uh do unguided skiing um after the guided lesson finishes so it's kind of like it's it's a crazy little pass it's a nice little deal and they're saying you also get discounts on beer just saying you get discounts on beer yeah yeah this was really cool so if you get it early it's 149 bucks and you get a private exclusive day at silverton and up to 18 days of free skiing at core ski areas across the u.s which includes powder mountain in utah red lodge in montana homewood mountain in california snow king in wyoming sunlight mountain resort in colorado and powderhorn in colorado hmm. you get a half price heli skiing yeah, half price housing, $89 guided skiing, and then discounts on premium draft beers throughout the season. That's awesome. That's a hat trick right there. That is really cool. But that other pass, the $4.99 one, the solid gold, that's pretty awesome too. So you get all the benefits of the unguided pass, plus 10 days of guided skiing in December or January. And, Damn. Um, two Sundays in February guided skiing, and three Sundays in March. That is pretty awesome. That's worth it. That's really cool. You just have to be there. That's the That's thing. That's the only thing. If you're there, it's dynamite. Then again, you get your house in Telluride. Just go there. I think it was Telluride. Yeah, it was, it's right outside of Telluride. Yeah, it's like 45 minutes, half an hour, maybe a half an hour away. It's not far. Yeah. Telluride, or you just get, a cool place in, just get a place in, in Silverton. There you go. Do a ski share out there. Go out there you know, once a month. Is that what skiing anyway? Is it uh, Breckenridge? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's a lot cheaper to get a place in Silverton, too, than uh, in Telluride. Telluride is so oh, yeah. expensive, but so awesome. Yeah. It's kind of nice, though. Oh, it's not even kind of nice. It works in Telluride. Oh, dude. But, yeah, they set up that, uh, that co op, co working space yeah. out there. It's like the, uh, the Flex co working space or whatever it is, the co op kind of thing. Yeah. So speaking of Colorado, there is a new adventure lodge that just opened in Colorado, and it's pretty much a fancy summer camp for adults. Nice. Yeah, this is called, uh, it's the Taylor's River Lodge in Almont, Colorado, opened in June, and it's near Crested Butte. And it's pretty much a Western camp for adventure seekers with a luxurious twist. So you can do things like whitewater rafting and hiking, mountain biking, rock climbing, probably smoking some weed, fly fishing. Uh, but then you can do stuff like swimming in a saltwater pool, get a massage, play ping pong, archery. So Damn. yeah, just like the uh, the headline says, it's pretty much a fancy summer camp for adults. Well, it's like the whole idea. This is like glamping on crack. You know how people are like, oh, I do the glam, which I hate the term glamping. I just think it's ridiculous. Like you're either going somewhere remote, you're either camping or you're not camping. You know what I mean? Like you just stand for glamour camping. Yeah, glamping. Really? Eh. Um, and people use it like, oh, I don't go regular camping. I go glamping. I'm like, no, you go to a hotel. You don't go camping. No, you're an asshole. That's really you're what it is. <laughs> Especially up in this area, we get a lot of um, people that I've met that are just like, yeah, they don't want to rough it at all. So. Mm-hmm. That's almost as annoying as staycation. Yeah, staycation's another stupid oh, term. I hate that term. Staycation. Dude, you're just staying home. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. You're, you're taking off and you're staying home. You're wasting your vacation day staying home. That's right. You're an asshole. You deserve nothing but misery in your life. That's right. I feel dumber for, for knowing what that <laughs> term means. How about that? Yup. 
But this looks baller as hell, man. Yeah, the picture of the lodge and the bar is really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's like totally rustic looking. They got some stuffed fish hanging up there. And so, yeah, horseshoe shaped bar. There's like a ram's, ram's uh, horns, lamps. This is where you're going to see in like the glamour magazines, you're going to see like the rapper or the singer or the movie star at one of these places. And they're going to say, oh, they went camping out. <laughs> you're like, that is not camping, man. 50 cent roughing it out in Colorado. There's no goddamn tent to be found in that, like yeah. 12 square, square miles. So yeah, it's you crazy. can choose from six one-bedroom cabins, three with twin-bedded sleeping lofts, a two-suite cabin with a lofted bunk room, and a full residence with two master suites, a bunk room, family room, and a fully stocked kitchen. But you can also fully buy out the property and up to have up to 32 guests there. Hey, I'm sure it comes with like a butler, a bunch of other stuff. There's no roughing in this thing. It doesn't look yeah, like right? it. right? Now, one thing I was curious about, I was looking at it and I was wondering, okay, this is just opened and it's near Crested Butte. I wonder if they do anything in the winter too for skiing. I imagine they should, right? That would be great. <sighs> Why wouldn't thing. you? And this is one of those Dude. weird, like the uh, shining places that closes up. For the oh, winter. that's uh, Estes Park. Estes Park. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I want to go there. It looks freaking beautiful. It really does. Yeah. Our buddy, uh, Gary was there too. So it's a great place to hike. I bet. In the and winter. Right, and right it gets buried in. Man. <laughs> gets buried in by snow. Right. I think they have a ski area there now, though. Well, it's near Crested Butte. Oh, I mean Estes Park, yeah. Estes Park, yeah. Isn't that near yeah, um, this is near Crested Butte, Park, they got to do something. What yeah, is right? it? I thought it was Winter Park, but I could be totally wrong. Probably am. Oh, I don't know. Park. Let's see. Yeah. A Stanley Hotel. There it is. Yeah. Uh, you got Prospect Mountain, not Olympus. Ooh. Can ski with Zeus. Ooh. Prospect Mountain. Um, as you're skiing, he's like chucking thunderbolts at you. That would be cool. Awesome. You know how fast you would ski? Yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody posted um, on Facebook. They had, uh, it was like a picture of an old fashioned like jungle gym that kids were playing on <laughs> and they're like early 1900s, you know, here's a, uh, um, you know, playground from the early 1900s. I guess that's when like only the strong really survived. Dude. Right. It's all like metal and spikes and. Oh dude, it was like two stories tall. <laughs> the kids are on top of it. I was like, and I remember like growing up, they had like these big jungle gyms and I was like, yeah, they're pretty tall. <laughs> you don't have stuff like that anymore. And we're weaker as a species because of it. It was like survival of the fittest, man. Maybe right. little Timmy makes it through recess. Maybe they don't. I don't know. It's like 300, right? They throw it in the pile. If you survive, you survive. It was just naturally, that's how people did it. That was it, man. It's goddamn it's Sparta. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we this, got the, uh, this is made by the company out of Sparta, Greece. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. It's crazy. Spartan kids. Spartan kids. All right, so next up, let's keep this moving. We got uh, Chairlift 2.0. So there's a startup that is um, out of Centennial, and they're actually looking to start making chairlift panels uh, with digital screens so that when you're on the chairlift, you know how you have the panel that sometimes has, you know, attached to the bar that has like the uh, trail map. They're talking about uh, creating 
uh, digital screens, you know, actual TV screens that go across that. So they're saying, of course, their draw is they're going to be able to sell ads to it, which I'm not happy about. But they're actually saying they could have information on it, like trail maps, safety tips, weather updates, um, even like drive times like back home, uh, which is kind of nice informational stuff that would be kind of cool to see. It's kind of nice, but don't we all have phones in our pocket that could just take care of any of that if we really needed to? But you don't want to take them out. I'm all for I'm all for hanging up your phone and going skiing and not looking at your phone the rest of the day. I uh, I definitely agree with that philosophy. I'm a big believer in keeping that phone tucked away and actually enjoying the day and talking to people. Um, but yeah, like you said, they're it's they're going to propose it and sell it to us as, oh, we're going to be helping your ski experience by having maps and you can order food from the lodges. And then it's going to bombard us with bullshit and ads. And <laughs> I, I can see it now. It's going to be like three companies are advertising with them. Every lift you sit on, you're going to watch the same three ads and you're going to want to like shoot somebody if you see like another fucking Geico ad or something like that. That's what's going to happen. Well, or that, or maybe they'll make it like a ski Tinder. So you have like a Tinder on the mountain. Oh, you swiping while you're on the on the lift. I like swiping, that. You yeah. swipe by chair, right? Group swiping. You have like they'll have like a little yeah. camera, a little camera in the chair lift, you know, so you can kind of look up and see, like, oh, this person could be good. Swipe. Wow, that's a good that's thing. Like a idea. little. That's a that's a new market for a dating chair lift app. Yeah. Or we could hack it and just like watch, you know, put stuff that we want on there. That you know that would happen, just like Pornhub is just on there. Porn. Someone <laughs> just like pipes in Pornhub to the freaking thing, and like little kids are on there. It's just we'll piping like, into the entire mountain, just all porn. Awesome, terrible like fist peeing <laughs> video is on. It's like I can't stop it. We've been hacked. <laughs> oh my god! No, the lifts are closed. Why? Because somebody hacked them and they put porn on every goddamn lift. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be horrible. That would be hysterical. Terrible. Um, but Terrible. Hysterical. <laughs> Best gag ever. Oh my god. Well, they were saying that um so the DEFCON, the hacker conference is going on now. Oh yeah. And they said that uh there was what the hell was it? There was some sort of like voting voting software or or something where they were all hacked by lunchtime. Ooh. Like they just everything got hacked. Dude, they said you shouldn't even bring your cell phone with you. Yeah. Like, a, like your regular phone to DEFCON because it's gonna get hacked. <laughs> That's like Dinesh. He's dating like the big hacker. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it took them minutes. They, uh, they had U.S. voting machines there, and it took them minutes to hack the voting machines. Dude, Isn't it's terrifying when you think about it. Like these really talented hackers, and they are talented. I mean, they're very smart. They know shit to do. It's scary when you start thinking about like your private information up in the cloud and all. Like there's got to be somebody that has access to all of it and just doesn't get caught or use it for something stupid. Well, yeah, but the, white, like, the white hat hackers are the ones who are, you know, kind of testing it and trying to find any problems, but not capitalize on it and, you know, right. screw people over. It's and the black hats, in, yeah, the ones that are. Yeah. And they could be in there just screwing around like, yeah, I just want to see what uh, what's in Brian's bank account today. You know, just, just hack yeah, it. Right. Trying to get my Bitcoins. Get away. Get away from my Bitcoins. That's right. Yeah, they said they set up 30 computer-powered ballot boxes used in the American elections. And uh, they said within 90 minutes, they were able to hack the entire system. Wow. Jesus Start voting Christ. for anybody. Yeah. Goddamn, Rose Perot got, got voted in. <laughs> Woohoo! Gary Johnson won. He wasn't nice. even, was he running still? Oh, he, oh God. I voted for Didn't him. Did he quit? I'll admit it. I know. 
because he was a crazy bastard. He was dumber than me. Oh, then again, Trump. But yeah, I want someone dumber than me as the president. Isn't that everybody, Brian? Just saying. I wish. I'm not a smart man. (laughs) I'm not a smart man. I'm not a smart man. So yeah, I guess that about. That'll be interesting to see, though. I guess they're uh, they're doing a couple of trials at Winter Park and Wachusett Mountain in Massachusetts this upcoming season. So yeah. we'll see what they end up, you know, looking like. They actually said four to six thousand displays at ten resorts. So it's gonna be it's gonna come to a local resort in some form or another. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Oh my god, I would love to get some of these DefCon guys to do that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the best? Right I'm in the sure middle. I'm sure it's like password is like password, you know, yeah, like right. to get on there. Right in the middle of an ad, like dick pics just pop up. <laughs> just like, like Fight Club. You didn't know you saw it, but there was one frame of a <laughs> of a dick. Dick, a penis. <laughs> Little kids crying and shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was awesome. I love Fight oh, Club. That movie's so great. <laughs> so great. All, All right. right. That wraps up the old ski news for the week, eh? It does. And now it's time for our main topic. Oh, yes. So, Brian, what are we talking about today? Well, we're just kind of throwing y'all a summer update. You know, it's uh, about halfway through the summer, which means we're getting close to almost, it's almost ski season still, but we're getting close to the real ski season. So uh, we thought we'd give you an update on some of the things we're doing, we're working on, and, uh, you know, a lot of big changes going on in the, uh, the old bums' lives this summer. Yeah, I think we're in the second half of the summer, so it's time to start talking about ski season, like really start. The push is going to come sooner than we know. Like I got to say about another month, people are going to start losing their shit, trying to book trips and look at stuff. And the next week or two, we're probably going to start seeing all the magazines coming out with their, uh, you know, their ski preview issues. That's usually the first week, first or second week in August, they start coming out. And I know for us, we're trying to get a a big media push because we're trying to take this podcast to the next level because we think we got a pretty goddamn dope product. And we need to make sure that the ski industry is aware of the highfalutin ski bums. So we're going to make a big push. We're going to blow this up and take us to the next level because we got a lot of brilliant, awesome things we want to do. We want to go to the snow show in January in Colorado. Uh, You know, we want to start getting out to different resorts and doing some reporting and podcasting and get you guys some more info and information firsthand. So, you know, we're still trying to plan that a bit. Which has been even looks like we may have some good information on uh skiing in a very unique place next week, so that's a little teaser for next week. Ooh, not gonna say any more, but I'm just saying we're working on that. We're gonna put that together with a very unique individual that went somewhere pretty cool. Yeah, it's gonna be cool when we pull that one off. Um, yeah, yeah we were looking at uh, so you know, Mario, I guess you want to get into your uh, your your big change coming up. So my big change, it's official. I got everything approved at work. Um, my family's all happy. I am going to be moving down to Tampa, Florida. Big ski so, town. Big ski town. Uh, Water it, ski town, that is. It might not know it's a big ski town yet, but once I get down there, shit's going crazy. Well, I remember um, one time you went down there, you were showing me some of the ski clubs that are down there, and they have they go to some legit trips. Dude, the Tampa Bay Ski Club, man. They run, uh, I don't know if they it's through Florida Ski Council, but they run like, I got to say like, I showed you the list. It was like 25 different places. They do like three trips to Vail, like two to Steam. Like they, they do all these places. They do Europe. They do um, even in the summer, they do like a, a summertime ski trip. So they run a, a ton of a trip. So between that and I think Hoboken and the fact that I don't have to split my vacation 
seeing my family, I could just use it 100% for skiing. I almost think I'm my skiing is not going to be interrupted. I'm just not going to have the weekend, you know, the quick weekend getaway that that I used to have, which I think I was getting tired of the driving anyway, you know. Yeah, no, it's I was I was really surprised too by how many trips they were doing. And I guess too, it's so much cheaper to live down there. So, you know, if you're if you're spending so much less in taxes and housing, you can afford you have more disposable income that you can use on these trips, which is and the prices yeah, of the trips were coming in it, pretty yeah. good, I, I think, from what we saw. Yeah, I wonder too how, you know, if you're doing any international trips, even Canada, how the U.S. dollar is going to uh, affect that. Because I know when we went out to Whistler back in December, the U.S. dollar was just crushing it. And we were getting, I mean, we were getting the third off. off. Now it's only one, yeah. 20, it's uh, about a buck 25 Canadian dollar. Oh, it's still okay. strong. The U.S. dollar is still strong, but uh, it's not like what it was last even last year well i think the way i know our ski uh hoboken ski club they're going to whistle this year and they haven't come out with pricing yet but i think from from past history what happens is they lock in a price with the with the travel agent uh the travel company like now and then if the price goes up they don't get penalized because it's already booked but if the price goes down they get that money back oh so it only can get less yeah that's nice so, because what they do is they wind up canceling and rebooking because everything drops, you know what I mean? Right. So. Very cool. Very interesting how it works. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so with Mario's move, he has provided me a bunch of old skis that he is not interested in moving. There so I. Old skis that were either going to be shot skis or like throw, <laughs> like something was going to happen with it, but I didn't want to throw them away, you know? So now I have an uncle who is a big woodworker and who has all the tools required. And uh, we're going to be, I actually have to tell him about this. I haven't told him yet, but I know he'll be on board. I am going to be building some Adirondack chairs out of said old skis, which I am totally psyched about because I have built an Adirondack chair from scratch in the past. Not to brag. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, actually. All you need really is your template. Um, You know, we, I, that time we used two by fours or two by eights, whatever it was. You know, you cut the wood to the template and then you have to, you know, the impact wrench or gun, whatever that tool is, uh, to mm-hmm. kind of screw in the, I guess they're just a drill to screw in the, uh, the, the connectors. Yeah. You just drill a pilot hole and then put a screw in that works too. Yeah. So we, I did that uh, a couple of years ago. So I'm looking forward to making a ski, uh, one of those, which is really, really cool. So that's going to be one of my summer projects, but my biggest you gotta, summer you gotta project. You got to do a, uh, oh, sorry. You got to do a, uh whatever the uh the uh, the long the uh what do they call it the slow motion not the slow motion but time time, time lapse. lapse yeah you gotta do time lapse of that when you make it oh yeah yeah that and uh my biggest summer project is our uh my wife and i's little dude who is going to be born probably in the next three to four weeks which is getting very close and awesome and scary at the same time so We've already got our little ski leash and forum. We've got his little, uh, I love big dumps onesie. So he's already, uh, <laughs> already looking forward to getting him on the mountain. So that's been uh, our big project this summer. The new little skier getting ready to come out. Oh yeah. Getting them ready. He's going to be a boarder. I don't you know. know what, man? I'm going to support him either way. I'm going to show him the light with skiing. And if he decides to go boarding and he, as long as, he, as long as he's on the mountain, that's all I really care about. I think even if he does boarding, you still got to show him skiing because if he's going to do backcountry, he's going to do either splitboard, which is kind of like skiing or skiing. So very true. Good to show him. 
Yeah. I've shown both. So yeah, so that's been uh, been our projects this summer. So you know we're uh, we're starting to get ready. This summer has been flying by again just because it's been so busy. Uh, I've had a lot of stuff going on. I know we've been a little, little more sporadic with the podcast, but you know, life's been happening. But you know, we're, uh, you know, both Mario and I, we have our all of our gear now set up, so it makes it a lot easier that to to do this remote because we've been doing it less in person. But uh, yeah, we got a great setup, we got great equipment. Uh, we love doing the podcast, so we're gonna just keep rolling with it and make this uh, a success. Yeah, we'll do it across the states, and then uh, who knows, we might be doing international before you know it. You never know. True. Same that my friend you know and and on trips we can do it now so it's uh i think we got a good slim down piece of technology setup that we got going so that works yep so sounds good so yeah so if you want to check out more information on us and pay attention hit us up skibumpodcast at gmail.com go to the website we'll have links to all the good stuff there skibumpodcast.com find us on the socials and uh let's connect and become pals online under the ropes. Yeah. All right, there's a uh, time for our favorite segment here. We got uh we're going under the ropes and yes, uh, right out of the gate we're going to start talking about some creepy shit in technology where uh there's a US tech company that's going to be the first one to microchip its employees. Uh, yes, you heard that right. So there's a tech company in Wisconsin called Three Square Market, which designs software for break rooms. And they're going to offer, so it's not mandatory, uh, but who knows when it's going to become mandatory, right? It's big brother kind of shit. Um, they're offering a microchip to everyone who wants them. What they do is it's get it gets implanted in the skin between the thumb and the forefinger. And it's like a tiny little seed almost that goes under there. And um, it's an NFC uh, near-field communication chip. And what it will allow user, uh, people to do is pay for food and drinks at the company break room, open doors, log into computers, use a copy machine. So it's basically like your badge um, and almost like a pay, like an electronic pay thing that they can use. So No, goddamn, thank you. I would quit my job immediately if they made me do this. <laughs> They're saying they expect that. They're saying it, they expect over 50 people to take part in this. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Really? You would implant something in your body? Well, they could be some fat Wisconsin people who, uh, who just, you know, they have some sort of cheese budget they have to adhere to and they can't lose their job. So they have to keep doing this. I mean, this is, this is madness. So what happens if they do layoffs? Then do you t- get the chip taken out now? You rip it right out of you, I guess. I mean, that's crazy stuff. You know what? They, they always didn't they start this with dogs. They started giving the dogs microchips. Yeah, and then that's what they always do. It starts with the dogs, and then we're next. I saw a story on I think it was Dateline or something that there were people that were taking these chips. They weren't. I don't know if they were the NFC chips, but they were taking them. They were implanting them in the same spot, and they were using them to pay for stuff and using them as badges, like the same thing, just in their personal life. wasn't connected to a company, but the problem they said is they weren't. There was no encryption on it, so. They were like, you're actual, someone's hand off. You use someone else's hand to start paying for stuff. Your hand can get in, uh, get hacked. So it's just weird stuff. I'm like, just punching know. yourself in the face. <laughs> they like hacked your hand. People are doing it recreationally. Like there wasn't much you could do with it. Like just, you know, like like badges and stuff like that. But somehow they freaking they get hold of your hand and start like beating off in a meeting. It's like, <laughs> hey, it's not me. It's my chip. I can't but, help it. Start smacking your boss around like. Yeah. 
That's crazy. The next step. You know what? It was like a Black Mirror episode. Didn't they have that whole thing with that chip people had in like the, their head? In the eyes, right? With the, the eye was chip, it, was it? Was it the eye or was it like in your neck? And like the one know. girl like had it removed? Yeah, it was the eye, I think. She was had it the it. eye? I think you're right, yeah. It was like in a temple, but that's how the guy was seeing stuff and recording it? Yes. That one episode? It's crazy stuff, man. Um, at what point – so I'm fine if people want to do this. If, if you know, do whatever you want to do, it makes you happy. But it's just creepy that the company's doing it. Like, I don't know. It just seems a little creepy to me. Like, at what point would it become mandatory? Like, oh, you got a job at this new company. Well, now we're going to have to chip you. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going to happen. And then we're going to, we're going to be the dinosaurs. We're like, dude, those guys didn't get chips. Can you believe uh, that? It's what bad losers. enough. Like, yeah. I would rather they do finger recognition, you know, on, on stuff than, than chip you. It's just crazy. Yep. But that's the future. Coming to an employer near you. Can't wait. Same. <laughs> All right. Next up, way more fun story. There is an Australian whiskey, Wayne Regretsky, which brings <laughs> new meaning to the great one's most famous quote. So this uh, Sydney-based whiskey company named Young Henry's, uh, they put together a special limited edition Canada Day whiskey. Canada Day was July 1st for all you uh, Americans who don't acknowledge Canada. And this is called Wayne Regretsky. It is, uh, it's pretty nice. funny. The artwork is like a picture of Wayne Gretzky looking like he's coming out of a uh, trailer park, like a trailer. Uh, Look at his, his underwear. He's in his underwear with like a black eye holding a hockey stick. <laughs> and it says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And uh, this particular whiskey is a maple spirit, they call it. Um, huh. So that is, you know, with Canada, maple trees, maple syrup, you know, it's the, uh, it was an homage to Canada with that twist of maple. It's pretty funny that it's out of Australia, but I, I guess reading the article, they were saying that um, there's a lot of people, I guess there has been a lot of sim- synergy and a lot of like people that have moved from Canada to, to Australia. So there is a, a big population, I guess, of Canadians. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're both former English Commonwealths. So, you know, they have that, they're kind of united in that regard. Um, they all have yeah, a queen on their uh, currency, right? Huzzah, yeah. They still support the queen. That's Huzzah. the old inbred hag. But yeah, this <laughs> uh, it'd be cool to find a bottle of this stuff. Probably pretty tough, but I'm sure. You never know. You never know, right? We'll trade a couple of cans of Hedy Tuapa for it. Hedy Tuapa. Hey, you bastards. Want some Tuapa? Yeah. Wayne so. Gretzky. Cool. Uh, all right. So next, uh, well, so now if anybody hasn't been following uh, anything happening in the real world, uh, you don't know that Game of Thrones is in season seven. So the premiere of, of season, season seven was so good. They actually went to a unique source to, to determine what the impact was. And they went to the company called Pornhub, if anybody doesn't know it. Uh, they serve up free porn. Not familiar. Not familiar. Uh, I've heard about it. And uh, they saw a 4.5% dip in viewership during the season seven premiere. <laughs> so the funniest thing is you look at the article, they got all these like graphs and stuff like that. And they're like, every once in a while for big events, they track it. And they said, like, nationally, it was a, a big, I mean, that's a huge dip. So they said, while Game of Thrones was on and, and for almost every Sunday night, they're probably going to see a dip in porn traffic, which is just <laughs> incredible. I love that Pornhub like releases, they have like a whole statistics section allegedly on their website. Um, 
they, it shows like all their different metrics and stuff. And I think there was something, I think we had a story a couple months ago. Was it, I think after the Super Bowl, they said that, you know, porn usage in the Boston area after the Patriots won, like shot up. <laughs> so like as soon as the game was over, they're like, dude, Brady got the, the Lombardi trophy again and just went and rubbed one out. Go Pats, let's go, let's, let's watch some porn. Dude, where's some Gronk porn? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I, you know, that's just it though. They're, they're they're keeping so much like they're tracking information for Pornhub that you know just of what people are looking at and how many people are on the site and stuff. So it's pretty interesting because they're a newer company. They have all that built in, I think, from the ground up when they first started, and uh, it's just funny that they can get these stats out. So yeah, yep. it's Game of Thrones is so good. Nobody's watching porn. I love just it. Saying. <laughs> all right, next up. Goddamn millennials are killing the beer industry. Ah. Uh, so according to CNBC, Goldman Sachs has downgraded both the Boston Beer Company and Constellation brand on data that younger consumers aren't drinking as much alcohol as older generations, and the ones who do prefer wine and spirits. Bunch of pussies, see? Yeah, they're saying that beer penetration <laughs> fell 1% <laughs> from 2016 to 2017, while both wine and spirits were unmoved. Wow. So, yeah, this is just Goldman Sachs being just rich, evil douchebags. And now it's funny because you see sort of like this. And then you also see how the craft beer industry is just exploding because all these little breweries are popping up everywhere. Uh, it's just the big name sellout brands that aren't doing so well. Yeah. Well, the problem is, too, like I, I got to imagine like people that are drinking the craft beers like the millennials, they're drinking one or two, not like. Back in the day, you used to go out and have like five or six. You know what I mean? Yeah, beers are so much higher alcohol and have higher ingredients. You know, you're not going to drink five $10 cans of beer. You know, yeah. it's like nine or 10% alcohol. You're going to have one or two. Yeah, um, but true. yeah, these are all like the big, the big like conglomerate beer companies. This isn't, they're not talking about the Alchemist, Hill Farmstead. Those guys are just crushing it. Yeah. Not selling out either, man. Not selling out, man. Keeping it real. I like it. Good. Screw Boston Beer Company and screw Constellation Brands. This is everybody's having their fruity drinks, fruity mixed drinks. Like having uh, their skinny girl margaritas. Goddamn cherry mojitos. Who the fuck drinks that? What a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> mm, let me finish my cherry mojito. <laughs> Lovely. It's pretty tasty. Lovely. All right, man. Finish us off with your uh, – this is so – we've had bear stories two weeks in a row. Dude, this is a tough bear story, man. Um, this is a tough one. So there's a story that I've confirmed on several, like the Mirror, the Telegraph. Like, there's this a bear. This is not on Bear. Uh, what is it? <laughs> oh, was that stupid website we bear. had last week? Oh, what the hell? You just had it too. You just looked it up. It was Bear Velocity or Bear Extreme or Barely Legal? <laughs> oh no, that's a different one. Different website. You going back to Pornhub on that? Yeah. One. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was some bear, extreme bear thing. But anyway, so there's a bear that chased hundreds of sheep over cliffs in the Pyrenees. Bearmageddon news last week. Bear, bear Hitler. It was bear Dude, this is the bear. This is like a sheep holocaust here. Wait, which was a, um, who was a big brutal dictator in like, um, Spain? Was that, um, shit. There was one Rafael big. Nadal? Nah, there's one big, I don't know. Anyway, but, uh. This this bear, okay, he didn't chase a few sheep off. He chased more than two hundred sheep off cliffs, and the and the sheep plunged to their deaths after jumping off the cliffs in the Pyrenees. 
200 sheep. 200 sheep. And this is in the, in the period of like a few days. So the investigation confirmed that sheep herded, hurled themselves over uh, a two, uh, well, there's two of them, but over the 200 meter high cliff on the border between France and Spain while trying to escape a bear who attacked one of the flock last week. Authorities say they found bear fur on the carcasses of the sheep. And they're saying like some of them ended off, ended up off the cliff in the Spanish village of Lador and another 40 were found on the other side of the border in France. So I guess it was like on the French and Spanish border. God they're saying it's a big pile of mutton. Oh God. So they're saying they're reimbursing the sheep's owners um, because I guess they have a law they put in place, the government where if there's a bear that attacks their animals, they get reimbursed. So 209 animals that were found dead are going to, were owned by this one farmer. Now it brings up this whole debate. Now they're saying, you know, the government can't control the bears. Um, now the whole reason is in the, in the late 1990s, uh, brown bears from Slovenia were introduced into the area. Now, why the hell would you introduce brown bears, Brian? You know what? Whenever I think about what my neighborhood needs, I first thing that comes to my mind are definitely brown bears. Damn, like, exactly, keep everyone honest. You know, get the kids running a lot faster. Like, why would you do, like? I don't know if there was some indigenous brown bear that got, you know, that they lost in the area and they were trying to replace it with these bears from Slovenia. But they like, said hunters wiped them out. Yeah, I guess so they were there, but so they, they're trying to bring them back. But it's like, wow, now they're having these other problems. I mean, this is pretty crazy. It's not just he ate one sheep. Well, I guess he ate one sheep, but all the other sheep just ran like screaming and just ran off the cliff. It's crazy shit, man. Oh, yeah, right. That's that abs- really crazy. That is a, there should be some sort of like a eternal flame or a statue or something to that, to all the sheep. Big, a big sheep statue like in the Pyrenees. Exactly right. You can ride by it on the Tour de France. Oh, how about that? You're in the Tour de France in the Pyrenees? There are a few bears in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mix you it up ride, a bit. You can ride faster. I feel like that should have been in that Tour de Pharmacy movie. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. You saw that? That was funny, yeah. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, Tour de Pharmacy. It's on HBO or wherever you can stream it. It's funny yeah, as hell. It was really good. Seven days of hell. Yep. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Watch out if you're a sheep in the Pyrenees because the bears are there and they will chuck you off a cliff. If you're in the Pyrenees and there's a cliff above you, watch out for falling sheep. That's all I got to say. That would be a rough way to go. Imagine falling sheep. sheep. Like a whole flock of them just like falling on you. That'd be yeah. terrifying. Ugh. Wow. All right. Then again, if you're at the bottom of that, you could have a nice big barbecue. Pile of mutton. You don't want to let them go to waste. That's right. All right, man. Well, I guess that about wraps it up for the uh, this week, eh? I think we're in time to watch a little UFC tonight. we got a pay-per-view starting up in a couple minutes. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Please go to the website, skibumpodcast.com. Check it out. We'll have all the links to all of the stories. If you could go to your favorite podcasting apps and rate us, five stars would be awesome. We'd really appreciate that. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on all the socials, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. Also SoundCloud and Pinterest. Find us there. And thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.